are studying through spiritual disciplines until the end of the quarter, and then we will uh, begin our summer series. I can't believe summer is just around the corner. Can you? That's crazy to me. Two months, and we will be on it. Uh, there'll be no time. You'll look up once and uh, look, turn around once, and next thing you know, we'll be there. Uh, there are handouts on either uh, side of the auditorium. There's handouts back in the uh, mast area. And if you, as a person who are studying with us at home, would like a copy of the handout, I would love to give that to you. Just send me an email at the church office. You can find us at uh, graberroad.com, and I'll be glad to, to make sure that you get one of those. As I mentioned, we're studying through spiritual disciplines, and we're talking about prayer this evening. We're talking about prayer and uh, spending just a little bit of time talking about an aspect of prayer that maybe we don't necessarily concentrate on. But as far as our introduction goes, prayer and Bible study are foundational disciplines. Acts chapter 6 and verse 4, let's start there this evening. Acts chapter 6 and verse 4, they are foundational disciplines. You might recognize this passage from the place where uh, the apostles point men to uh, carry out a special service for the Hellenistic widows who are being neglected in the daily distribution of food. And one of the reasons why the apostles chose these special servants is because, Acts 6 and verse 4, it says, so that they could give themselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of what? of the Word. We talked about Bible study last week and how we can increase our Bible intake and how we can focus our minds and our hearts on what's important from the Bible. And as we're talking this evening, we're talking about the foundational discipline of prayer. Wherever there is great faith and godliness, there are always habits of good prayer. Um, let me rephrase. Wherever there's great faith and godliness, there's always good habits of prayer. Look at Daniel chapter 6 and verse 10. We spent a quite, a while, uh, quite a bit of time in the book of Daniel um, a couple of months ago. But remember that one of the things that made Daniel successful in Babylon and then later into Medo-Persia was the fact that he had a good sense of identity about who he was, about who the God he served was, but also about the fact that he talked to God on a regular basis. Daniel chapter 6, verse 10, we know the story of Daniel and lion's den, I hope, but uh, it's great, a great account of uh, faith. And Daniel chapter 6, verse 10, Daniel knows that there's a decree signed that there's no man that may uh, uh, petition any god except for Darius the king uh, for 30 days. And Daniel, verse 10, know, knew that the writing was signed. He went home in his upper room with his windows open towards Jerusalem. He knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God. Notice the last phrase of this, as was his custom since the early days. Listen, brothers and sisters, the place where we are most likely to feel pangs and twinges of guilt is in our prayer life. We know Scripture commands it. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, pray without ceasing. But often we find ourselves praying without trying rather than training to have, kind of have, the, or to have the kind of prayer life that Jesus did. God expects us to pray. Let's start with that, uh, that basic knowledge here as we uh, begin our study this evening. A couple of passages for us to consider as we start. Matthew chapter 5 verse 6 and then Matthew chapter 5 verse 6 and 7. Matthew 5 6 and 7 or 6 verses 5 6 and 7 says when you pray don't be like the hypocrites Jesus says. It's assumed Jesus says that you're going to be praying people that we all are going to be praying people. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9, later on in the context, he's going to say how we pray, how you pray. Jesus was a person who prayed often. 
We've already noted that in our study of the book of Luke as we're doing on Sunday mornings. Luke 5 verse 16, he would often withdraw himself to desolate places so that he could pray. Jesus prayed about the big things and the little things. Jesus prayed at the milestone uh, areas of his life, but he prayed um, continually. Colossians chapter 4 verse 2. Colossians chapter 4 and verse 2. Paul gives the admonition to the Colossian church. Continue steadfastly in prayer. Continue, as we mentioned in our sermon several weeks ago, is an imperative. Paul says, I want you to keep on praying. You got an email reminder this week that said that there's a lot of Bible studies going on. I believe what we just witnessed was a result of God answering prayer for one of those Bible studies. Keep praying. Keep praying for opportunities for open door, as Colossians 4 teaches us, but also keep praying for the ongoing Bible studies and that they'll yield great things. Luke chapter 18, verse 1, Jesus taught his disciples that men always ought to pray and never lose heart or not grow weary. We mentioned a moment ago, 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 17, pray without ceasing. Hebrews chapter 6, or excuse me, 4, verse 16, because we have a high priest, Jesus, let us draw near to the throne of grace to find help in time of need. We'll talk more about that as we move along. Martin Luther, even though I recognize that he wasn't a Christian, said this, and I believe it's true. Just as it is in the business of tailors to make clothes and the cobblers to mend shoes, so it is the business of Christians to pray. Folks, that's what we're about. That's our job. That's one of the things and one of the ways that we cultivate a relationship with God, but also show our reliance and our trust in him. There is a royal invitation that God gives us from Hebrews chapter 4, verses 15 and 16 that we, well, let's go take a look at it just for a moment. Hebrews 4, verses 16, 15 and 16. I'll give you time to write those down before we uh, move along here. Verse 15 of Hebrews 4, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us, therefore, come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. What God has said is, I have left the door to my throne room open. Ever hear somebody that's got an open door policy? What does that mean? They're approachable, hopefully. That's <laughs> not in pretense. But you understand that an open-door policy means anytime I need, anytime I want, anytime that I deem it fitting, I can go into God's throne room and I can find two things, mercy and grace to help in my time of need. Ere you left your room this morning, did you think to pray? When we talk about our prayer life, oh, how prayer rests the weary Prayer can change the night today. So when life seems dark and dreary, don't forget to pray. We sing that song. We know that song, hopefully. And the admonition of it is exactly what we're talking about here. If God has left the door to his throne room open, as we're reading here in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16, how often do we neglect or walk right by it when we're trying to solve our own problems? While we could talk about many aspects of prayer, this lesson especially is going to deal with something that we don't necessarily think about, something that's not necessarily considered, and that is the importunity of prayer. Importunity. 
Interesting word, it's not a word that we use very often, but we're going to go to Mark chapter 10, verses 46 to 52, to talk about the importunity of prayer. And we're going to do a case study on blind Bartimaeus that Jesus deals with. Mark chapter 10, verses 46 to 52 Let's read together. Now they came to Jericho, and as he, Jesus, went out of Jericho with his disciples, and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And so Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer, rise, he's calling you. And throwing aside